Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. Here we sit about a month until things kick off. I am ready for some TCU college football, Big 12, and everything else in this nation. We're going to take a look at some recruiting news, some highs, some lows, some commitments, some decommits, some recommits, that and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. As always, we want to thank our sponsor, Teen Life, that goes out of their way to support this Frogcast. We are delighted for all the work that they do in DFW, junior high, high schools, and beyond. Teen Life goes out of its way to extend itself to help junior high and high school students make wise decisions to secure a future for themselves. If you haven't yet, go to teenlife.ngo, make a one-time or reoccurring donation. This is a nonprofit. We would love for you to deduct that from your taxes. Or you can go online and volunteer and find ways to give back to your community. I love it when people do things to make this world a better place. Teen Life is one of those folks. Go support them. Jeremy, Daniel, we had like 10 minutes of tech time getting this thing set up on Chicken Wire. How are you boys doing tonight? It's Sunday, man. It's been an eventful Sunday, to say the least. But, yeah, it's good, man. Daniel? Good. Peachy. Peachy. <laughs> well, let's dig right into the topics of the day. Jeremy, recruiting, especially with high school uh, students, 17 year olds is, is the highs are really high. The lows are really low and you just hold on the best that you can. The frogs had a young man reaffirm his commitment today. I'm going to let you describe it because I, uh, I don't know that I could do your job. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what happened with James Sylvester, four star defensive end out of Newton down there in Southeast Texas. He's been in the barn for a while here with the frogs. He's been a commit. You've been clear on his commitment. He's been clear to you and other people on his commitment. Walk us through the last six hours. First of all, can I ask you a question? You can. Is it fair? Is it fair to me to say when I posted on the board, this is a seventeen-year-old with with the chain of events that happened today? Could, did, did I pretty much nail it on the head? You did nail it on the head. You absolutely did. You were accurate in your assessment, and you've been accurate in your in your uh, summary of the story. You've been on it. Yes, that is accurate. I'm just wondering because I got downvoted for that comment. And I'm just thinking. I'm just being honest because this is a 17-year-old kid. But, I mean, if you missed it, James Sylvester did put out a tweet that he was decommitting after a long thought and, you know, the the long elongated uh, decommitment or commitment uh, uh, wording we get from some of these prospects. He was de- decommitting from TCU. And I'm sitting there in the Chicken Express drive-thru. I was craving some oh, good chicken Oh, which today. one? So. Yeah, Azel. Okay. I had to go to Azel. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got a chicken express out here in the country. Okay. Um, but no, anyway, I'm sitting there in the, in the drive through enjoying my Sunday, relaxing with my wife. We had just gone to Lowe's. We made it a good day out of it. Got some lawn chairs for the, for the pool and, uh, it's a good day, but I see this and I'm just kind of deflated because immediately I'm thinking, okay, it won't be two posts in where someone's going to make a smart butt comment about me saying I'm not worried about James Sylvester's commitment. And I wasn't because like I said, on the board, he was telling everyone, whether it was coaches, whether it was me, other people associated inside TCU's program that he was just having fun with the process. Missouri. Yeah. He tweeted some stuff in the uniform, everything else, but he was still having some fun. Um, Obviously he, put out that decommitment tweet and about 10 minutes later, he was it 10 minutes. I, I, I was driving at about the time. 25 after minutes. Chicken Express, okay. After chicken express, I had to go to Whataburger, get something for my kids as well. So, That's fair. Uh, we, yeah. It's truly so the I, I treated day. them well as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we uh, treated them well to, with Whataburger, but yeah. So by that time he, he's already deleted the tweet and it's, 
you know, you, you automatically know, okay, something's going on there. It's there, there's, there's, there's something behind this. And I did some digging once I got home, once I ate my chicken tenders and everything else, did some digging around and James, uh, the, the, the TCU coaches didn't know this was going to happen for all, for all they knew everything was good to go, but he decided to put that tweet out. TCU obviously called him right away and said, what's, what's going on. And, um, so after a few minutes of talk, they, you know, they got things put back together and, and James was still committed to TCU. Um, I'm not sure what Brian said. Peroni, someone said that coaches weren't showing him attention. I mean, they're, they're showing these kids attention. I mean, some kids you have to show attention every other day or on a weekly basis. And I'm pretty sure TCU, Jeremy Modkins is doing a, a pretty good job recruiting, recruiting James. I mean, so, that's what I do. Um, I talk to my son every other day. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I mean, that's, I mean, you're, you're talking about the top rated recruit in their class. Oh, so of course they're going to go out there. It's not embarrassing that they're not showing the blue chips attention. I mean, they are, they're, they're not new to this. I mean, for crying out loud, but it, it got, you know, brushed under the, you know, it's, it's, it's all settled. He's still a commit. Um, James, after Ida obviously posted that, uh, after talking to some sources that I have, James reached out to me cause I'd reached out to him. Me, me and James have always had a great relationship. Like I said, when he committed, he told me a month before he committed that he was going to TCU and I held that story for a month. And so we've always had a tr- good trust factor. And like I said, every time Missouri stuff came up and I never posted this on the board or what he said, I would just say, I'm not worried because he's telling me there's nothing, you know, TC fans have nothing to be worried about. And he's telling the staff the same thing. So you, you're taking, you're, you're trusting what, what a 17 year old's telling you. And sometimes they change their minds. I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's been cases where a kid says he wants to go to TCU. The next thing you know, he's going somewhere else. And there's been cases where I've talked to kids where they have no interest in TCU. And the next thing you know, they want to go to TCU and their commitments. So that's just the, the, the brain and uh, of a 17, 18 year old recruit going through the biggest decision of his life. But um, it's all settled now. And, on on to the next one. Uh, Who next? On to the next one. That's right. Who next? I, I hope Mikeins tweets that again so that we can we, we get a commitment, a decommitment, and then a commitment. So he's he's back in the fold. That's good. He's he's one of the highest rated players in the state of Texas. That's going to be an important linchpin for that defensive line for years to come. The Frogs have had their last camp of the of the summer where high school students and potential student athletes make their way onto campus to you know, kind of go in and do some drills and mildly audition for coaches and see who's able to maybe catch Coach Patterson or one of the position coaches' eyes. The Frogs had their last one this last weekend. Had some guys you published some stories on, Jeremy. I want you to walk them, walk us through, you know, just two or three names that we would want to know from that. But the one I want you to start with is, how in the world did a young man from Germany end up in Cowtown at the <laughs> Sammy Ball indoor football facility, throwing, slinging the ball around, and putting on a show and getting an offer? I mean, do we have do we have a twenty four seven site in Munich that I'm not a, or uh, that I'm not aware of? Is is the what is the South Lake Carroll uh, equivalent in Berlin? I couldn't tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I I don't know if it's like a South Lake Carroll or what, but. Uh, I do know that it was it, there was a bunch of uh, players all from uh, overseas over there at the camp, and and really it's it's uh, a, a guy that runs a international organization to try to get 
these guys some of the attention they deserve. I mean, some of these guys are really good players, but they're just they're overseas uh, and and they don't get. I mean, obviously for overseas, you're not going to get attention. But uh, Brandon Collier, who who actually played at UMass and um, played in, I, I think he had some stints and in the NFL and played for NFL Europe. Uh, he actually helps get these, get these guys. He runs an organization called PPI recruits and th- those guys just do a phenomenal job finding that talent and, and letting them uh, get developed, go through training and everything else. But uh, Alexander Honig was part of that group, the quarterback, and he's, I mean, he is a big kid, every bit of six, six, two thirty. Uh, he didn't test at TCU, but everywhere else he's gone, he's ran a four seven. But the kid has the biggest hands I've ever seen in my life for for a kid that age. I mean, everyone was just amazed by how big his hands were. I mean, he his hands just swallow a football. I mean, it's just crazy. Mm. But he has he has a good knowledge for the game, man. He's it, it was kind of crazy because uh, you you wouldn't expect that out of a player that plays overseas. He he came in. Uh, he's got pretty good mechanics and got a really, really strong. He's so powerful. He's just a big, powerful kid. He's got a really strong arm. His 15-yard outs were just on the money. He throws a great deep ball. What I was impressed with is how good his English is, man. He he speaks really, really good. You, I mean, he has that German accent, but, man, he, he is, like, very fluid in English. I mean, it, you, there's no language barrier whatsoever. Uh, he, he's just an exciting kid to be around. He, you could tell he's overjoyed to have the experience to go up there and, and camp at TCU. He went to Baylor on Sunday and it's just mm-hmm. the attention that he's receiving is, is pretty cool for him, but they, they have a lot of guys, uh, another lineman that I, a lineman that I tweeted about was part of that group too. James, uh, Faminu, six, six, 343 pounds. I mean, this is a Whoa. gigantic man. Just go look on my Twitter. I posted a picture out of him and I, I interviewed him afterwards, which is pretty cool because I wanted to interview him because it's an intriguing story. And plus, I just wanted to get the British accent. I just wanted to have that on my recorder and listen back to it. And uh, I, I love the I love the British accents. And, and, and for you, Jeff, uh, a fan of uh, Downton Abbey, I'm sure you do. Too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Huge I, fan I, of Downton I'm going to have to figure out a way to send this audio to you so you can hear him. Uh, just talk about. Hey, about you life. you knock uh, you knock down to Nabby all you want, but Bates he could take he could take Chuck Norris. <laughs> that dude with one good leg, he could. Are you going to the movie ass. for that? You know I saw a movie preview oh, for that. Dude, we've got this is going to be my favorite year in forever. We have the new Downton Abbey movie, the new Sopranos movie called Newark about uh, Tony grow up, growing up and Johnny Boy running the mob. And then we have the Breaking Bad movie. So it's there's a Breaking Bad movie. For me. I haven't even seen the preview. There's the Breaking Bad movie. Yes, sweet. I'll yes. check that out. Downton Abbey. You know, so it's like Edwardian uh, Britain in the in drugs in mafia. That's just <laughs> that's kind of right up my. It, it if you know if they could come out with a new movie on like Martin Luther, it would be it would be perfect for me. So well, right now we got a bunch of guys going. Quit talking about these shows and talk about the six six three hundred forty pound guy. Yeah, get back to the British I mean, if we talk recruits. Football recruiting, I, I, we think of Downton Abbey. I do, <laughs> but no, I mean he moving he right did, along. He here. did. James did really well, man. I mean, he's he's a big kid. He's really raw. I mean, obviously, the, some of these kids are going to be pretty raw with with their ability right now. But man, the ceiling's so high, and, and just as big as he is, I mean, you can't coach size, and and he's definitely got it. But man, just a great kid, just 
very happy to be part of this whole process. And he does have two offers. I think Missouri State has offered him and, and another uh, FCS school has offered him. But, man, just it, he reminds me of a guy like Matt Pryor. I mean, just get him get him a little okay. bit of development. Let him, let him get good coaching. And, you know, three, four years from now, you could be seriously talking about this guy's having uh, potential for an NFL guy. I mean, it, just depending on how well – uh, he learns the game and, and how well he tr- transitions into becoming more of a complete blocker, but he's got a lot of upside and he's going to be, he's going to be fun to watch, but no, those guys, I mean, not only that guy, but they, James and Alexander, another guy, Eric Burton was a pretty, pretty good looking athlete. He's just now going to be a freshman next year and he's already like six, five. He's a tremendous Ooh. looking athlete. Uh, Charles Rosser is a guy I wrote about. He was a pretty good receiver on Friday night. And, and watching these guys, you you can tell they're they're all extremely raw, but they have they have some of that it factor that you're looking for. Not you're not pointing to them and saying that guy automatically is a P five guy. Probably the only two guys that I could honestly say that about are are uh, really the only one I could say that about right now is Alexander um, James. I think has mm-hmm. a chance just because of his size, and I think someone will ultimately take a chance on him because of that. And because he's just a great kid that you know could be very coachable, um, but I mean it's just good job by Brandon Collier uh, getting that thing going and, and getting some of those overseas kids some attention. Barton Simmons, actually, you asked about does twenty four seven have a database over there in Munich? But yes, Barton actually went over to Amsterdam, I believe, earlier this year. And <laughs> seriously, I'm dead sick because Brandon told me about it. Cause, cause I was wearing my 24 seven shirt. So he automatically came over to me and he was talking to me. And I mean, he's like the president, the fan, the, the president of the Barton Simmons fan club. I mean, he, he loves Barton and, and Barton, man, that just goes to show Barton. There's no boundaries for him to go check out some recruits. I mean, he, for him to go over there to Amsterdam and check out some of these guys it just proves uh, how good his worth that work ethic is uh, just Man, I couldn't believe it when he told me that. I was talking to Barton today on on Twitter, and uh, he said it was a pretty cool deal going over there. But um, just, what I want to know is how do we get hooked man, up on I that trip? Know. And I I'd think like that we should go. There. That wouldn't be too bad. You I know, mean, if I mean, I know Costa Rica speaking, has a lot Alexander of football players. Commits, I mean, I've got to go see him. I've got to go catch you a do. game. So maybe that's something you and I could do, Jeff. Head over there one time. I'm, I'm to watch a game. I'm game for that. I'm game for that. All right, let's go ahead and uh, pivot back to the whole, to the Lone Star State. Anyone from the state of Texas that uh, that was at camp in the last two days, give us just one or two more names that Frog fans want to keep an eye on. You know, if they're 2020, great. You know, we're going to have to start learning some 2021 names. So just give me two names from this weekend that Frog fans want to hear about. You want to hear about Trey Bishop? Yeah. Well, you know what. He, Let's hear I mean, it. Everyone's been talking about him on the board. I mean, he got he got the offer. TCU offered him um, first. He's he's a bounce back kid. He's from Georgia. Uh, he's at Navarro Junior College now. Six three two ten. Ran a four four forty. Ran a four two shuttle. And it took all of about five minutes for him to impress Coach Patterson on Friday. And they obviously offered him afterwards, but. Uh, Trey's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of discussion just because of his past. And I, I can't say that, uh, that, that felony eavesdropping charge. Have you ever heard of that, by the way, felony eavesdropping? 
I have not, but I'm just going to keep this show PG-13. But I have <laughs> Well, I mean, it's basically, let's no. say you and I have a conversation and, and I've recorded it and I share it. Yes. You, you can have me arrested for not having your consent to record your conversation. Okay. I'm not saying that's that. the same that as what Trey did, but I mean, that's, he's going to get that dismissed. I don't have a timeline yet, but, but I, I do have knowledge that he is getting that dismissed. And I think that's what some schools were waiting for. And, and honestly speaking, if, mm. if, if this would have been done quicker, if they would have found this out quicker, he probably would have still been at Georgia because mm. Georgia just okay. couldn't wait. Georgia just couldn't wait that long to keep him around on the, on the team. But now he's at Navarro. Um, Arkansas has been talking to him. Kentucky's been talking to him. And I think now that TCU's offered and, and people are going to find more about the whole situation, uh, about the felony eavesdropping, that it's going get, get dismiss- to get dismissed and sealed. I know that much. So okay. uh, once they find out about that, it, he's going to get some more offers. And uh, the school I would watch out for right now is Auburn because Auburn was really his favorite coming out of high school. And I think mom – wanted him to stay closer to home in Georgia. That's why he went over there to Georgia, but a uh, good offer. He's a good kid. I mean, I, I, when I say he's a good kid, I don't want people thinking, Oh, Jeremy, you're, you're respecting this guy that did such a heinous crime to this girl and everything else. You know, people do make knucklehead mistakes. People make terrible mistakes. Um, and that, that doesn't necessarily make them bad people overall. And when I talked to him on Friday, he seemed like a really good kid. He owned up to his mistakes. He owned up to his mistakes before I even – I wasn't even going to ask him about it. He just owned up to it. And so when he when he mm. said that, I obviously had a follow-up question for him. And, and I hope to have that Bishop story out uh, here pretty quickly so you guys can see the quotes. But uh, he's overall he's, – he's learned from his mistake. And, and I could promise you right now, if Gary Patterson didn't think he was a good character kid, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have offered him. He wouldn't have taken a chance on him. So um, if you guys always say in GP, you trust. So just, if you really believe that, then believe that this offers a good one. All right. I will go ahead and concede in this situation. That sounds good to me. Well, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned bounce back kids. Uh, I'm going to end with Shea. we're going to talk about him. Just um, anything that you might know to end the show. But since everybody wants to know about that, I'm going to make them suffer through this. Jeremy, let's talk about last chance you. <laughs> True or false? Coach Jason Brown drops more F-bombs than anyone you've ever heard oh, in his yeah. life. MF-bombs, to be precise. Big ones. I, uh, I went ahead and downed that in two days. I had a little time off, and I watched every episode of Season 4, Last Chance You, from Independence – Kansas. What do you, uh, you know, what, what was your big takeaway from this season? I got a couple pointed questions for you, but just like, what's your big takeaway from watching this? Cause I know you're like, I am, man, when it drops, you just watch it as fast as you can. Oh yeah. I love this show. I mean, I loved the first two shows with buddy Stevens. It just, it's so off the rails. You just can't turn your eyes away from it. I mean, it's, it's just no. a train wreck. And with, with Jason Brown, I liked it even more because it was, Last year was was pretty cool because he's taken over a situation where Independence hadn't won a lot of football games before he got there, and and, and they really turned it around. Uh, went I think nine and two, something like that, and and they were really good. And and so you had a lot of expect expectations going into this season. They had a great recruiting class. 
uh, from last year. They obviously could get a lot of those guys that are bounce back guys and, and then guys that just don't have the grades to get into some of these bigger schools. But I, I, I think this one might have been – I know someone, some people think season three was the best, but I think this one might have been my favorite just because there was so much more to talk about as far as it wasn't all uh, just good news. There was a lot of bad news involved. And I think overall, it, it, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence with, with Jason Brown. Uh, he's never he's never going to change his, change his ways. But as far as doing what's right for those kids – he, he held them all accountable. He held his coaching staff accountable too. And I mean, he fired that one guy that wasn't making sure that the guys were in their dorms by curfew. I mean, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to hold my players what, accountable if you can't? So you're gone. What did you think of him bringing back Malik Henry? Uh, I mean, I, I think at first I was thinking, okay, well, he just, he really just wants to win games. Then I started thinking, okay, well, he he might really care for this kid. He might really want to see him succeed. And for some of these coaches, it, it's it's a good thing for them to be able to say, I'm the guy that got X player into this situation he's at now. And I think he really wanted to help Malik Henry because Malik Henry got a, a pretty bad rap. Everyone saw last year how he was off the field. And he's just kind of a cancer to a football team, you know? I mean, he's just – always been that me guy. He was like that at Florida state. And I think genuinely that he wanted to help Malik. And while I thought that it was more about football early on, I think once he dismissed him from the team after they were, after he threw that, uh, that game where he had three interception and he was acting the full on the sideline, the fact that he got rid of Malik then proved, proved to me that it wasn't just about, wins and losses for him. He was trying to mold these guys into good character kids. And he just knew with Malik, it was, it was not going to happen with him. My big question is, have you ever seen a group of people more bitter about someone moving to their community than the people of independence turning on Jason oh, Brown man. after one season? <laughs> man, well, for, for they wanted him gone. That was well, yeah. You don't you don't win ball games and all of a sudden everyone hates you. But the funny thing to the funny oh. thing to me this this is I don't know how it is up in Iowa, but we all know how it is in, how it is in Texas. There's there's no problem when you see a community fund a seventy million dollar high school stadium. And here oh, they I are know. gripping and moaning about a six hundred thousand dollar practice field turf. Uh, for turf, and how it's going to cost the taxpayers X amount of money. And I'm just thinking, are you guys? Ridiculous? I love where he said. I love where he was reading the comments that are like, "Poor city, poor urban city kids that aren't us that come here." And I'm like. Okay, could we get any more yeah, racist? No doubt. I mean, oh, that was brutal hearing him read that. It's just yeah, they're not us. Yeah. Oh, that was it, painful. It, it was crazy because, like I said, as long as he was winning, you could you could say those things. It, there's there's always going to be those people that don't feel that he was a good representation of what Independence was. These uh, some people they now that yeah, might be some right. people don't care if Independence goes zero and ten for. 50 straight years. I mean, they, they care about like the guy that's sitting there talking about academics and everything else. I mean, 
it's it's like I mean Jason Brown, if I remember correctly, he said that famous line from the program. When's when's the last time you saw eighty thousand people show up to to watch a science experiment? You know, that's right. That's my favorite part of the program, by the way. I love that part. That's an old Bear Bryant quote. Yeah, but did did, you, did Bear yeah, Bryant? I think he said I've Bear never Bryant, seen it. Did Bear Bryant Bear Bry- tell the professor to go stick the bow tie up? You know what? <laughs> no, but he did say I've never seen fifty thousand people come together for a, a pep rally for the math department. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Just, but no, I mean, I mean, it, the the funny thing about it is, is uh, I, I I genuinely do think that Jason Brown is crazy as he is. He's right. If you put a camera around a lot of these college programs, you'd probably see mm. a lot of the same stuff, man. And I could tell you right now, I've seen that kind of talk at high school camps. I, I mean, I've seen it at the peewee level. And some of these mm-hmm. inner city kids, that's how they're that's how they're talked to ever since they're seven and eight years old, man. I'm I'm dead serious. Me me and we we played a flag football league last year in Springtown, Texas. I'm not going to say where the the town that we were playing is from. We played a team. They had an African American coach. They had some African American players. We beat them, and we we go to shake their hands. We're leaving, and we're walking toward toward our sideline. And the coach starts talking to his players. They're ten years old at the time. The first the first. <laughs> thing out of his mouth was y'all mfers oh my he didn't gosh. say mfers he said the real mf what, what we all heard jason brown say and he just started laying it and me and the other coaches kind of turned around and like wow really but i mean that's that's just you know jason brown if you look on twitter he's right about something you never see kids bad mouthing them on twitter they're all like i love coach brown He's real. I mean, he's he's the guy. But the real, the only people that bash him are the people that aren't involved in independence. And I think you would get the same thing to to kind of bring it around the the TCU uh, perspective. Mm. Gary Patterson gets a bad rap with with how he talks to some players sometimes in in the heat of moment at practice. You go to a practice, you're gonna hear Coach P say a couple cuss words. I promise you, there's no saints out there in college football. And it, it but Coach Patterson will tell you straight up. There's a Gary Patterson. There's a Coach Patterson. They're they're basically two separate people. I've seen both of them. I've seen I've seen the Gary Patterson that I, that I've been fortunate enough to hang out with all day long. But in that same amount of time, those eight hours, nine hours I spent with them, I did catch a glimpse of Coach Patterson, and it happened in a about a five second span. <laughs> I mean. Literally five seconds. It's how it, it, it was turned on, but it mm. it is just I I don't know your stance on it, Jeff. But you know, for for me, I think independence. I, I don't condone the statement that he made, but if you hear some of the things now, like the guy, the kid himself was referring to himself as Hitler, and some and yeah. some things, and you don't catch that on camera. You know, and and it's a real simple rule. Just cut. Cut the Hitler stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. Just let's not. I mean, let's just not use Hitler as an example anymore. You know, it's so funny. You're talking about that Pee Wee League. I I used to officiate youth football, and I was an official in the Joliet Youth Football Association, which is like a rough blue collar part of of Chicago. And there were these there were these two dads, and they were like straight out of central casting of Guidos. I mean, like they were just like the most stereotypical. 
Italian men you've ever met. And I, I talked to the head of our officiating after week one. I'm like, these guys are like, I've never heard people screaming before in my life. I've done varsity games, all that stuff. And he's like, oh, their steroids will wear off by week three. Don't worry about it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I will awesome. say we didn't see much of Tony Wallace. I, I was hoping to, to get. I know more. that's kind of a good thing. But I, I do know that the the play where that they were when they were playing Hutch and that receiver caught the, yeah. the ball bounced and they called it a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was Tony Wallace that was covering them. But I think, but oh, I no think uh, uh, Tony Wallace had an interception. He was number two, I believe he was number two mm-hmm. at Independence, and he had, I think he had one of the clips where he had an interception. But I was hoping to get some Tony Wallace interviews and stuff like that. But, you know, they had, they had focused on, on obviously more kids, but uh, I, I love last chance you, man. I wish they would get down here and, and do one of these Texas teams. That would be pretty cool to see. Oh, go, go out to, uh, well, go out to Athens, go out to Kilgore. Go I mean, you to go to any of those They could do one on East Texas yeah. alone. Navarro. If you really want to get you out of the dumps, go to j- Cisco. You- oh, gosh, dude. You can get all fancy and dressed up and go to Dairy Queen, <laughs> man, Cisco. All right, what do you what do you both you guys think? What if Tarrant County College got a football team? Do you think they would immediately become the best JUCO in the country? That's a good question because you probably would get a lot of DFW talent, obviously. But yes, I think would. it would still be. I, I still think when you build from the ground up, it's still a you know, two to three year process, but with junior colleges, it's, you can recruit good freshmen and and sophomores right off the bat. And that's all you have. There's no juniors and seniors in Juco football. So, I mean, I think you can build your program pretty quick. I want to know why Weatherford doesn't have football team. They got baseball teams. They should have football and basketball. I know. What do you think, Daniel? I don't know. I, I went to Weatherford for a while. Um, and yeah, I mean they got uh, all kinds of teams and and good support and you know you know good funding for it. I'm kind of I don't know why they don't have football. It's probably uh, probably a number of reasons, but um, even Jake Arietta was at their baseball program. Yeah. So I think Texas Wesleyan. Yeah, man, do that's it. right. Be last chance you at Texas Wesleyan. Oh man, the. The Star Telegram did do that. The uh, yes, Title Town, Jared Christopher, Title Town. Yeah, that was pretty good. I thought that wasn't bad. I was thinking, I was thinking that'd make a good last chance you or just or some show about a startup because I mean that was just a little web series done by the Star Telegram is well done, but very well done. It but it wasn't you know widely distributed or anything. Yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down on season four, Jeff. Oh, thumbs up. I think what I loved the most about it was it I think it showed what Juco is actually like. I'm going to go ahead and say this and it's going to sound a little condescending cuz I don't mean it this way. The professor that taught English at Indy is probably much more realistic of a human being than Brittany Wagner who looked like they <laughs> cast her for that position. And I don't say that to disparage her, but I also felt like the professor at Indy Indy was much more of a genuine human being that had empathy and a desire to educate her students. And I thought, I thought it was a much more realistic expectation or uh, uh, depiction 
of what junior college is like. But I think the saddest part, and this is why I like it the most, was is is the insight into their families. You know, that that coach that's got a wife that's getting her associates and they got two kids and they're living in a dorm oh that gosh. looks like barracks. I mean, like that looked and and all I could think was like, what's his break? Like what what is the break that he gets that gets him a job where he can have a house in forty eight thousand dollars in a meal ticket? Like I'm serious, like what's what job is next for him? Because I I respect that that commitment. And clearly they have buy-in together, so they're in this together. But, like, oh, man, it just broke my heart. And then you're always like, what about his kids? I mean, do they really want to live in what looks like really bad military barracks with who knows who's smoking what on the next dorm over? No, they um, don't because they, they said constantly they want to move to California. <laughs> I know, man. I know. It was, But I'll give it a huge thumbs up. I give season one and season four. That's 1A and 1B. I like them both. Into season two, I, I hated the way Buddy ke- treated his coach. That was terrible. Yeah. I lost all respect for Buddy doing that. Um, last year was great, but uh, I did like the coach from Dodge uh, running his oh mouth. Oh, my gosh. You talked uh, about a guy that was proud. putting on for the cameras. That was great. I'm not going to lie. That I mean, was great. I, so. I'm going to be honest. He kind of made himself look kind of like a butthead in that in that game. I mean, he did. He kept he – kept, he was just saying it over, over, we're not them, we're not them. And it's like he wanted so much – he was just trying to get so much respect for himself. And he just really mm-hmm. made himself kind of look like a total ass, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, the way he can, you know, just condoned himself after the, just after the game, how he was treating those independence coaches and basically calling out Jason Brown, I mean, it was, it was not good. Yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. All right, let's bring this show to an end. Jeremy, do you have any of the latest information on the situation with TCU running back Shewo Alanalua? Uh, I will know. We'll know something this week, and like I posted on the board. Okay. Uh, I'm I, I'm hearing it's good good news for the frogs. Um, I think you could put your cups away, um, but I, I think. I think by Wednesday or Thursday, Thursday is when TCU reports for fall camp. will have media availability. I know here's, here's some good topic of discussion for you. Alex Delton and Mike Collins will be at the media. Presser. Oh, I heard yeah. that one. So, and I told Sonny Cumbie on Friday, the first question that I'm going to ask him on Thursday is who his starting quarterback was going to be. So I'm going to see if he answers that. See if he bites. Yeah, I don't think he will. Um, That's commitment cool. news. I'm hearing good news other than James Sylvester's recommitment, um, mm-hmm. which I don't really consider it a recommitment unless he just decommitted in his own mind. Um, but I think we'll hear something. Today is July 28th. I think August 3rd be watching for a commitment. Okay. We will keep our eyes out for that. Anything else for the good of the cause? We're going to bring this episode to an end. I got nothing. Next time we get to get back together on this podcast, the Frogs will have begun practice. We made it, people. We made it. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and subscribe. We would love for you to get this episode downloaded right into your phone every morning when you wake up 
Go to iTunes, give us a rating or give us a review. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to hornfrogblitz.com, it's a great way for you to be connected with TCU 24-7 Sports. All the latest of what's going on in news. You would have known a little bit about Shaywo earlier today if you would have been a member of hornfrogblitz.com. Online, get on there, sign up. It's the best six, seven, eight bucks a month that you will spend to stay connected to TCU football. As the season fires up, you will want to be there. So for Jeremy and for Daniel, I'm Jeff. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast.